Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Hope your week is going good so far. So this week's podcast is with a good mate of mine called Lucas Zuglow. I am awful at pronouncing his last name, so I apologize, dude, if I've got it wrong. Um, but how you spell it is Z-A-G-L-U-L. Don't have a clue how to pronounce that. I'm sorry, man. I even asked you on the show. Um, but yeah, Lucas is one of the Link Miami Rebels team um, in Miami, which if you don't know, they run space, club space in Miami, which is hands down the best club in North America. We talked a lot about clubbing and just life. It was a really good catch up. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, Lucas is a ghoul. And we're live. Lucas, how's it going, mate? Bro, good man i haven't spoke to you for ages in a long time i know i feel so distant from everybody after all this happened you know i know it's right weird. it's wild it's um it's kind of like we were all obviously well especially you guys at space like you guys were prepping for miami uh wmc's or the miami music week and then literally like it just got taken taken from from under your feet <laughs> last minute as well too <laughs> we were we were fully prepped for miami music week it was it was by far the biggest week we were gonna handle in our lifetime since we started you know since we started throwing parties and doing our thing yeah what well, was like years ago this was gonna be the biggest thing we had three big venues ready. It was our first time doing a full week of outdoor events as well as space. Yeah. So we were taking on, we were taking out a pool venue, we were taking out a beach club, and we were taking on space with the ground and Floyd. So it was gonna be a Damn. really big activation. <laughs> <laughs> I and we for like before Probably like till two weeks before that, we thought it was going to happen. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. Because Miami was, I feel like everybody here was just like, no, nothing's going on in the world. We're going to still do our thing. <laughs> Denial. That's what that's called, mate. Yeah, it's, um, it's wild, man. It's, ah, well, life goes on. I guess we just got to keep keep soldiering on. I mean, you probably had a massive year of touring ahead of you too. <laughs> I was actually really lucky because I did the open to close tour January to March. So I actually only had like one show canceled from that tour because of Rona. Um, so I, I did like a good chunk of touring when not many people usually tour yeah because everybody waits yeah. for like after the conference and all that yeah for the summer yeah yeah oh, so i was lucky um however like <laughs> say that again like the decompression yeah now it's just like yeah now it's nothing nothing <laughs> the internet sorry to anybody that's listening the internet's pretty bad on both ends i think i think it's my end to be fair 
Um, yeah. So whenever you talk or I talk over you, it doesn't get both of them. If for some reason I don't know what it is, but like a light pause. Yeah, it should be like an Elon Musk pause. Do you know? What, okay. Do you know what Elon? If you ever listen to the Elon Musk, mate. So when when Joe Rogan uh, interviews Elon Musk, Joe will like ask a question, and then like it will be like silence. It'll be like. Oh, and then he answers, and you're like, oh, I, it's weird. I thought he was just very blasted on that episode. <laughs> no, that's, he he did it on the second one as well. And you're just like, you you can almost hear his like brain moving. And you're like, are, are you going to talk? <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's talk. Like, I want to talk a little bit about the background of you um, and kind of how you kind of got to where you're at in space and obviously for people that don't know what you do at space kind of talk about a little bit of that and and then we just go on tangents i want to talk about your uh, muay thai as well um but yeah so 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 how did it all start how, how did you you all you guys get to the point at space it's a it's a fun story it space wasn't even in our path, in our dreams, it was yeah. like way beyond our dreams. Uh, it started off, I moved here from Dominican Republic to Miami. Yeah. 15. So I did my last two years of high school here. Cool. And, and pretty miserable. You know. <laughs> a Dominican kid, first time in Miami. And I was like very depressed at that point. Could you speak English? Um, I did speak English, yeah. thankfully. Because my mother signed me up in Dominican Republic in an American school. Yeah. I had the base, at yeah. least. Uh, then I got into FIU, Florida International University, here located in Miami. And I decided, you know, Dominican kid, just looking at, like, all these fraternity movies <laughs> and all that. All the American pies. I decided to join a fraternity. And... <laughs> Summer of what? Summer of 06. I was still 17 and I had already gotten into college. Yeah. I joined this fraternity and turned out to be that the guy that was like overseeing my pledging, like my big brother, was Coloma. Oh, no way. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it's a fully fraternity based (laughs) endeavor. I didn't know. I, I wouldn't ever put you and Colomo as frat boys. Imagine. It was a, it was a very eclectic fraternity. It's yeah. like all ways of life and okay. very different people all together. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was like a brotherhood. So it was nice to have, especially moving to a country that you didn't know anybody. Yeah. And it was funny because the seconds after the semester after me, Ricky Thunderpony, yeah. one of the resident base, joined. <laughs> and in that same and in that same year jay which is one of our main guys he takes care he oversees the entire door of spain he oversees all the promoters and stuff he also joined the fraternity (laughs) (laughs) so we started just throwing parties we rented this uh rinky dinky house in front of the campus and we all moved in together and we were just throwing, you know, ragers, keggers, kegs in our kitchen. <laughs> <lined up. laughs> Literally American pie. 
purely American pie. You know, we we're just trying to recreate that uh, American dream. Yeah. And we started throwing parties just to raise money for, for our fees and to basically survive the miserable college experience of America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not learning anything. No, so yeah. why? <laughs> yeah. So then we realized that we enjoyed partying yeah. and we enjoyed planning parties and we were actually pretty good at it. And Ricky would DJ Thunder Pony uh, and he would DJ like all sorts of things. It was so funny he's like so far advanced now because he can never play any of this back in the days. So, so we would have to tell him to like throw some hip hop in there. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. Then uh. we decided to rent out yellow school buses and we rented these yellow school buses out. They were very cheap here in Miami and we'd just pull up to the dorms of the campus and rile up a crew and take them clubbing. That's so we amazing. would all go clubbing, fake IDs in hand, <laughs> just hanging out. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then we finally found a venue near FIU. Yeah. And that's where we started our first nights. It was called Cove Love. Okay. That's where we took on our first night ever as promoters and fully running a party. Nice. For, for an actual club owner. And we were doing every Thursdays. I was bartending. Coloma was at the door. <laughs> Thunder Pony was in the decks. And Jay was also at the door. <laughs> and we just had like open bars till midnight. Everybody was obliterated by then. It was a very fun night. And that's how we met a few of the other guys from our team. Yeah. That's when Mata would come and visit. They're like, oh, there's something going on out there. But this venue was very far out from downtown Miami. Yeah. Like a 40 minute drive. So these people came because they heard that we were doing something different to what Miami was exposed to at the time. So we were playing like good house music, good techno in the backyard. And we were teaching all these kids our age that had no idea what this music was back in Miami because yeah. all they were hearing was top 40 in the yeah. radio. So we were teaching this like entire different side of Miami, how to listen to proper music and having tons of fun while we're at it. <laughs> Davide, that's where Davide came out and he visited there once and we all got to know each other and we got to know the downtown, what was, what was moving. Yeah. Cause at that time, Davide used to throw the techno loft in yeah. space. Uh, okay. He was, he was the main promoter of the techno loft in space. And Ms. Mata and Hardline and Danielino were the residents. Okay. And we were finally able to, we started going to the Electric Pickle. Yeah. Everybody knows the Electric Pickle here, I guess. Yeah. I hope. I hope. Electric Pickle in Miami, maybe. <laughs> so we started going to the Electric Pickle and we met Inball, which yeah. runs her own, you know Inball, she runs a pair uh, Prisma artist. Yep. But she used to be the head. She used to be the head promoter and booker for the pickle. And we would go on Fridays. And Coloma and I started just taking a group of all these Western kids from Miami, bringing them into that scene. And we were having so much fun there, man. It was intense. There's so there's something amazing about the like the starting days of like of your career, right? That it it just 
for me, it's like my Ibiza days when I used to live in Ibiza. And you're just like, everything about it, it when you look back at it, although at the time you're probably like, it's probably like super stressful sometimes, but yeah. it, then you look back and you're like, those are the best times of my life. But, but it wasn't, not even, because I feel like it's more stressful now because there's so much more going on, you know? 100%. Before, it's like, oh, let's jump on this random, super sketchy yellow school bus. Let's <laughs> pack it with kids our age. We were like 18, 19, 20. Let's pack it with kids and just try to get into a random club. Yeah. Just drive the, the bus to South Beach and find out which club would just allow us in. And we're just like all stumbling down. <laughs> So I feel like I feel like it was a bit easy those days, but yeah, it was the struggle. You know, we're eating ramen noodles at home, and sometimes eating Taco Bell. There's still not really good ramen in Miami as well. Uh, no, I'm talking about like yeah, little- I know, I know you. Well, you, <laughs> but I'm like you, you still can't get <laughs> you still can't get good ramen in Miami as well, which annoys me. Very weird. Hopefully that changes soon. I know, right? So you so from from your your school days when you were in the frat, you then where where did the the space was that Davido like turning into space and then it linked Miami? No, we were just we did the electric pickle promoting yeah. there, and David at that point was doing Treehouse. Okay, David had on Treehouse, and he was the main booker and promoter there. Yeah, and we were doing Pickle Fridays just as promoters. And then we decided to start visiting David at Treehouse and we, we all vibed amazingly yeah. together and we realized it would be a really cool thing to just join forces. So we switched over to Treehouse with Davide and basically we were Miami rebels. Davide was Link Miami. Ah. Davide and- so that's where the whole Link Miami rebels comes in. I didn't know that. Is their name, so we just added all <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so now it's Link Miami Rebels. Yeah. And Treehouse for three years. We got Treehouse into the top 100 in the world. Yeah. We were at it. Treehouse before that was a salsa club. Okay. I didn't know that. Where Davida started their Fridays and Saturdays programming. It was full salsa. <laughs> Did you used to go down there? Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> South Beach was another world. Yeah. So, yeah, so, we, so then we from went to trade. Oh we yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to trade. That's we when I first out. met you. That's when we first met. Yeah. Yeah. So trades were amazing. Yeah, that was dark, grungy room for like eight hundred people slammed. Unreal. Covid free. <laughs> I never forget that it was it was WMCs and it was the Dirty Bird party and it was the first time I played a like bigger party at WMCs. Dirty Bird players that we did, yeah, and we were using Snapchat still, and we had the yeah the Dirty Bird uh, filter, filter on Snapchat, Snapchat yeah, <laughs> palm trees and everything. Yeah, that was it, and it was rammed. I think it was like the busiest night you guys did there, and it was, yeah. it was like. I, the the DJ booths are always slammed, and that was just like you couldn't even get through. The thing about that place is that the DJ booth itself was like a mini club because yeah. it could fit a nice amount of people. Yeah, it was like a whole new world in there, 
And Dirty Bird for three years of Miami Music Week was our biggest parties. It Huge. Just, yeah. It was, it was an amazing party. It was fantastic. Well, I think it's also the, the clientele that go to the Dirty Bird parties is just so different to a lot of other parties. Yeah, it feels like everybody feels happier, yeah. I guess. I don't know how to say it. Everybody has like that like energy of like yeah. joy and just like loves to be there. A lot of a lot of the dirty birders in Florida come from the north. Yeah. They 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 drive down hours and hours to get to these parties. So you feel that. You yeah. Know? I think also it's like a bit of a younger crowd. It's much younger, yeah. And I think you with that you get a lot less like people not not judging but like people just people just want to go have fun they're like that's all they're going for just to party they don't care about being in vip they don't care about anything they just want to rave and get sweaty it's pretty much it it's like we never had any like sort of vip at trade the the tables were part of the crowd but still like everybody was just like mush into these things because you have like a person that is not even with the table and they're just standing on the table and yeah. it's fine. I loved it. Oh, that was good. So so you had trade for three years and then went to space. And we also did story at the okay. same time. Yeah, yeah. The underground story. And that was a Friday and then trade on Saturdays. And then after we finally got space. Yeah. It was uh, our Basel of 2017, yeah. 16. And you've been smashing it since. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. It's hands, been down is, hands down is hands down is the best club, I man. Party that much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the party, we were just like, you know, you end at 5 or 6, maybe you go to a little after party yeah. to like 9 a.m. Some days, you know, it's not even always. But now here it's just like marathon after marathon. incredible yeah you guys have stamina and it's it's the only obviously it's the only club in the whole of the usa that can kind of just keep going and going and going um well 11th street in miami has the it's a grandfather liquor license yeah they they did this thing ages ago when they were trying to bring business into the area yeah which is the downtown there was nothing there it was just like hood yeah, hood. Yeah. And did this license, but the license never expired. So people, we just like grandfathered into it. And now the only ones that have it is us and 11. It's amazing. 11, 11 you know, 11. Yeah. It's across the street. And they're, they're actually open always. They're, all, they're always going. I've never seen them closed. They never, they never closed. They closed once for the hurricane. <laughs> Like, okay, there's a hurricane coming. We're going to shut down. <laughs> Strippers got to make that money. That's what it is. Yeah. I've still never been in 11, though. No, well, it it's open 24-7, but it's not like there's a massive raver going on. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, sometimes it's awkward to be in there. At, <laughs> yeah, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. Like, <laughs> Having some chicken wings. The lemon pepper wings are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to go there. We'll go there next time. After we play, we'll go. Maybe a shot of mezcal. <laughs> so you started Space and pretty much turned it into the best club in America. 
I hope so, right? Dude, it's literally the best club in America. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the what is the process? Because obviously going from trade to space, there's still a huge jump in like capacities and responsibilities and things like that. Gigantic. It was the first time that we had that we had full control over a venue. Yeah. You know, we had the marketing, we had we had to run everything, we had to deal with bartenders, servers, uh cleaning, AC, everything, you know, we're basically tenants. Yeah. For the first time. We've never done that before. We were just like head promoters. Yeah. I brought ideas and a lot of our ideas would get shut down and we had to like <laughs> there's too much red tape. So I feel like you can definitely feel that now we can do what we really want to do. Yeah. We come into space because it's like all our ideas can actually like flourish over there because we can just do it. Yeah. We don't have to go through through the steps and we don't have to ask for permission. No, That's I think it. I think you can tell that there's there's only a, a handful of clubs in in the world, I would say that is like ran and owned by the same people if that makes sense and kind of has the like there's nobody at the top saying yes or no it's literally like a team and everyone's goal is the same thing um and i think you can really tell when that is when that is the case it just feels so just walking in the door like as an as a performer or even as a a customer it just there's just a feel about it that just feels like it's like a family kind of vibe People are super nice. It's just like, it's just an atmosphere that I think it just sets. Yeah, it is. I mean, when I go to other clubs, I don't, sometimes I don't think about those things. Yeah. Like who's like doing this and that maybe because I already know who's where. Yeah. But I feel you. Yeah. as As a guest, people notice it. Every time they come to space, it's like, wow, you most of these people work full-time jobs during the week yeah and they're just for that saturday night and when they come in it's like you know open arms just everybody's family if you're behaving at yeah. first if you're a nice you person <laughs> go wild in the morning <laughs> but yeah it definitely makes a difference and it makes a difference for us because now we don't need we're not really like sometimes i would go into the clubs and be like oh i need to like deal with this and this yeah when I when I go to work, basically it's it's weird to call it work, but when I go to work, I already feel that I'm at home. Yeah. And I feel I can just like express myself properly. Yeah, yeah. No, no I feel you that. Know. I feel that. So what's what would you say your actual role is at the club? That question is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> it's weird, I know. I don't know what to say. That's why that's the origami song. A girl actually messaged me the other day. She thought I was an actual master origami. Because <laughs> my Instagram says that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I studied in Japan for a few years. <laughs> That's so good. My role is basically, what, what would you say my role is? Five setter. <laughs> say that again? Five setter. Yeah, I, I think... For me, this sounds weird, but before I didn't, before I met you and the same with Colomo, like, well, I'd met you, but I didn't really know you, if you know what I mean. And that was kind of in the like early Dirty Bird days. 
the minute mm. you guys would come into the booth, the minute you guys would kind of show face in the club, you just know it was like going to be an amazing party. And it kind of sounds weird to say that because, but it's almost like you bring everybody together because in a DJ booth, in a club, like if you're just turning up and DJing, you don't know the sound guy. You don't know the security man. You don't know the people that are doing the drinks or the bar, the bar men and women. And it, when you come in, obviously us as the artists, you like, we hang out with you guys and we have relationships and build relationships with you guys. When you come into the venue, like it's almost like that bridge between us and them. And I think you guys just like bring this like aura around you that just, it just kind of like livens the party up. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess we, we connect everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that way sometimes actually, now that you say it, like I've never, I never really thought about that, but it's true. Like if you're up in a DJ booth, let's say you go to a party randomly and even you as an artist, sometimes you're in booths and you don't, you don't know anybody. Exactly. You travel. Yeah. And you're here, like, the fuck do I do? Yeah. <laughs> like I wait for my turn to play and then what do I do? Exactly. So yeah, yeah. We, we just like, we love to love, bro. That's basically it. That's how I feel. I love like, it. This partying, this, partying this, helped me like get away from that dark mentality of having to leave my hometown. Yeah. And my, I was an Island boy for 15 years. Yeah. Then I got here without my family. It was weird. So that definitely helped me. And I guess that the way that Coloma welcomed me into the fraternity and the way we had all that bond in FIU and yeah. the way that we connected with David and the rest of our team, I feel like you have to keep projecting that. Yeah. Keep helping people that don't have that feel like they have it and they actually do have it. Because at the end of the day, partying is like a way for you to escape your reality shadows and reality and make your own reality you know no man i i i really like that and i totally agree with you and i think i think you kind of hit it's weird that you say that obviously like you've becoming from or coming to america from dominican republic and kind of leaving your family behind and things like that and just like creating a new family with colomo and everyone you can really feel that and there's only i would say space do you know halcyon in san francisco no. Oh, Halcyon. Yeah, yeah, but I've never. So I know. So that that's ran by like three, uh, three girls: Ria, Gina, and Jojo. And it's almost that same vibe there, where it's almost like a bunch of people that found each other and then belong together. And that really shows in a in a venue. It really shows in everything else. And it's really nice that you say that because I think this. I think in our industry, a lot of it is just number crunching and not actually about the party. It's about, okay, what headline have we got in tonight? Let's see how many tickets we can sell. Where you guys, it just obviously that is a part of it and you have the business side of the industry. But when, I, when you come to Miami and you play Space or play Floyd or play Grand, it's like, we're just going to have a party and have fun. Yeah, that's what you mentioned Floyd and, and ground. And that's also like sometimes I, I I actually enjoy myself more on a Friday at Floyd. Yeah. Because 
that much less of the responsibilities and it's one room and the 150 people that make it out there are just like a tight little yeah. rave we're just like throwing down all night you know so I, it's yeah it's feel that way and the ground as well the ground you know we've had shows at the ground and some of them aren't slammed but it's an incredible night anyways yeah the ground's amazing but Floyd, oh. I remember my first time playing at Floyd. And I remember. <laughs> the, the decks turned, some, there was too many people in the booth and the decks got like, the plug got like hit like three times in a row. And then we were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but then it was just like this amazing night. I think we did like seven, eight hours. It was just like, yeah. just a super nice vibe all night. Yeah, it's cool when when you play at Floyd. It's it's a different energy in there. Yeah, it's a vibe. We need to do that again when we can. Yeah, yeah we will. I think we will. Hopefully. Next year. Yeah, man. So outside of club life, um I want to talk about Muay Thai because nice. you train and I I used to train. I used to kickbox. Um Okay. So I want to talk about it. Where, how did you get into it? Dude, I actually got into it because I met my trainer at Space. Oh, really? Yeah. He would go, he would go in the mornings. Is this guy from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. from New York. And he actually opened up another branch of his school in Brooklyn here in Miami. Yeah. First time ever expanding. It's called UMA, UMA. Okay. Yeah. So it's Miami Beach now. And he would come in the mornings, super, you know, like very grounded human being, yeah. but would love to party. And he's like from like the old school Oscar G days, like yeah. crushing Oscar G every day at, at, <laughs> uh, at the school. He's putting like set after set. It's amazing. Uh, and we met one of the mornings at Space and amazing guy. He's like, oh, I just opened a school here. And I'm like, dude, I've always wanted to get into martial arts. Yeah. I've wanted to do it, but I've never really had the, I don't know, like the chance or none of my friends are really into it. Yeah. So I just said, screw it. I got to do something for myself. Definitely. And I joined, I joined uh, last year when he opened. And now I've been going consecutively after, after the pandemic kind of like faded off. Yeah. Like gyms here. So I've been going, dude, I'm doing like 11 hours a week in there. That's dedication. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I bet. How's your shins? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <They're> not- <laughs> not, they look like little rocks. <laughs> <laughs> have you like built up the, can you, have you built up like the nerves in them where, or like ruin the nerves so much you can't feel anything? Not yet. I feel like I got to do that karate kid move when they give him the tiny little palm tree <laughs> until the palm tree falls. <laughs> but what I, yeah, but so what he's teaching me, he's, uh, he's teaching me Jeet Kune Do, Okay. JKD, which is Bruce Lee's philosophy. Okay. So that's everything. Bit of everything. It's, everything. it's everything that Bruce Lee learned from all martial arts and yeah. he combined his own philosophy. And it's cool because most of the movement has that Ali style yeah. because he saw how Muhammad Ali was moving and he's like, shit, nobody in this side of the martial arts in the Cantonese martial arts world does this. Yeah. So find everything together and it's fun. 
it's insane to go train there. Is it good, I love it. Good fitness. It's great. I it's like sweating. Shredded. I have yeah three shirts a day. Yeah. <laughs> dog alert <laughs> dogs are we're allowed dogs on the podcast it's fine they're not allowed or they're allowed no they're allowed of course what's his there name what's his name sombra sombra shadow in spanish uh, okay she's my quarantine shadow <laughs> <laughs> so man but yeah so so yeah, we do Jeet Kune Do, and then he also teaches us Kali and Eskrima okay. with the sticks and the knife. Yeah, yeah. And then dirty boxing. We had this uh, this uh, instructor. He started this boxing called Kong Boxing. Yeah. It's like very dirty. Just and like it's elbows. his style. And he came and he did a seminar back in February. Six-hour seminar in two days. We were exhausted. Yeah, and it's bet. teaching do that dirty boxing movement so we've been implementing that into the workouts and it's it's wild so we won't need back in a few years bro i got <laughs> you <laughs> have you got colomo there yet have you got colomo t- training and colomo's like a he's what colomo's like a double black belt from back in the days is he <laughs> Yeah, he used to train when he was young. Oh, really? He used to do jujitsu, yeah. Damn. Yeah, you don't need security now. It's just you lot. It's just you two. Worry about <laughs> That's one button for the bubbles and the other one. <laughs> Wait, is there a bubble machine at space? Yeah, dude. You haven't seen the bubbles? No. Come on, man. Where's the of bubble machine? They... They come out of like the cryo area. No, I've never the seen the bubbles. Are... Oh wow! I've never seen. I them. got you. Go to video next week. I'll turn the bubbles and send it your way. Thanks, man. <laughs> so yeah, the more like the more like I don't know. After a few shots, I'm like, oh, let's press the bubbles because the bubbles are controlled through an app. Oh, so it's on your phone. Balls. It's dangerous. It's like drunk texting with bubbles. <laughs> like, hey, you want to see the bubbles? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> bubbles. Is, is, is that your chat up line to like any any females in the club when you just like, hey? It's when I'm say that. That's all I say that again. Bubbles. When I'm very faded, I just go for the bubbles. <laughs> I can't have a conversation. I'll give you bubbles. Sadamistan, <laughs> oh. natural wine, bubbles. <laughs> I'm disappointed that I've not actually seen the bubbles in space. Um, I feel like uh, we're being terrible hosts now. I think you, you have. See all that good, all that good stuff you were talking about us. Back to zero. Game over. Although you, you and Colombo took me to a very good Indian restaurant, and Indian restaurants are not—they're uh, hard to find in America. They are very hard to find in America, but San Fran has some good ones. Miami yeah. was very rough before before that came along. Indian restaurants were basically non-existent here. Yeah, uh, it was great. What's it called? That's the name of a gee. 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 Uh, clarified butter, yeah, clarified butter. I, I, it was really good. It was really good. 
Yeah, it's a it's a family run business. It's an Indian family based in Miami, and they have a farm down in Homestead, which is like 45 minutes away from the center. And their farm is just all the spices that you cannot get in the U.S. Yeah, it was good, apart from the fact that I, apart from the fact that I drove 45 minutes to the wrong one. (laughs) Okay, we went to the one out west. That's true. I forgot. Yeah. I was with my friend Macy and we were just like, damn, this restaurant's far away. It better be good. And then we got there and I was like, boys, where are you? And they were like, we're here. And I was like, you're definitely not. And they were like, oh, you've gone to the wrong one. (laughs) It was very bad. It was very bad. We we forget that there's two. Yeah. And that's how you went to the original. You should have just stayed there. Just just eat. Like, yeah, I'll see you guys. See you at the club later. So coronavirus has obviously fucked you as much as it's fucked everyone else. Um, Is there any like plans or is there anything you guys are doing as, as a club that kind of people can kind of keep involved with like the community of space? Well, it's, I don't know how it is for you guys. Guys, but here in Miami, the mayor has no idea what's happening. Yeah. He's more lost than us, the civilians. (laughs) Every day, something changes in his plans of action. So we were supposed to open. We were going to do like small private parties. Just like rent out the club as a little private birthday. We're going to do that by the end of July. That didn't happen because clubbing is phase four in my in Florida. We're still in phase one, by the way. We're supposed to be way advanced, but then they decided to open restaurants, indoor dining a month and a half ago, which makes no sense. All the restaurants here, you know, yeah, it's like zero ventilation. Yeah. (laughs) Stick everybody inside a restaurant and see how it goes. The numbers spiked up. We were at 3,000 new cases a day, probably yeah. like mid-June, 3,000 to 5,000. And then we spiked to 15,000 new cases daily. Florida went in. That's insane. Florida. Yeah. So July, which we had like an idea of like reopening, maybe like doing more outdoor seating. We're going to take off the... You know, the, the roof at space is just yeah. a plastic awning. Yeah, yeah. You rip all that off, it's outdoors. Yeah. So we were playing that in August, and that didn't work out. We're still, we were still at like twelve to 11,000 new cases daily. It's crazy. Jesus. And the, yeah. And the thing is that you, can, you don't even have to look at that. It's uh, New York at that same time. New York and Florida have basically the same population. Yeah. New York state is 20 million and Florida is 19 million. And they were getting 100 new cases a day while we were doing 12,000. Florida, baby. (laughs) It's Florida for you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest, though. Florida should be like another country. It's like, it's it's not, it's not really America. Florida's North Cuba. Pretty much. It is, isn't it? It is. 
you kind of have to speak Spanish to like. That's just my, that's just South Florida. South Florida and Florida should be different. Yeah. South Florida is Cuba and North Florida is basically the South. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just, like North Florida to Georgia and Alabama. Cause it's that same. And then South Florida just added on to Cuba. We're good. Pretty much. That's basically it. So are, are your family still in Dominican or are they here? My mother lives here and my yeah. sister. Okay, we cool. Moved. My entire family is in Dominican. Do you ever go my back? My dad, my, my grandparents. Yeah. Do you ever go back? My, yeah, I go I go almost every year. What's it like over there? I've never been. Me. It's great, man. It's uh, very chilled out. Very Everybody's super friendly. Nobody likes to work. <laughs> Everybody's always on vacation. <laughs> Everybody's always cooking. You would love it. Dude. Yeah, Trust man. That's amazing. You've never been. No, I've never. been to Domingo or like the festivals they throw in Punta Cana. No, never. Mm-hmm. Never. I'd love to go. It's, cute. it's cool. Yeah. Tons of waterfalls, beautiful beaches. Yeah. Really cool mountains. Beautiful people like yourself. Are amazing there. Yeah. Everybody, that's you can feel a little bit of the island at space. Yeah, because like once you go to DR, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because when when tourists travel to DR, they're like, "Wow, I felt like I was at home." Like they'll just tell me, "Like oh, this lady just grabbed us and took us to her house, and she fed us without <laughs> knowing us." Like that's DR for you, man. It's in, it's amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that. We like. Um, we don't really have that in America or the UK. It's that, it's almost, it's weird, isn't it? I wonder why we don't have that. Even in the UK? No. Maybe not like, really. not in like the town, maybe in the towns. No, nah, man. No. Nah. People just keep themselves, in the in the country, like where I live, like people are generally, it's like a lot, it's a lot more chill. Like you know everyone, if you know what I mean. So like, I'll, I'll go down into the village and you, you know everyone. Um, but I think it's just bigger cities. People don't even know their next door neighbor, which is kind of sad. Yeah. It, it is in Miami. I, I've always felt that way. My mother has lived in the same house for 16 years. Yeah. And the neighbors still don't even like look yeah. that way. Crazy. It makes no sense. Do you think in, in do the you Dominican think- Republic, every name each other even in the big city and even in the big city still feels like a town. What is that about? The city's very dense. I think it's culture, man. I think it's, uh, I don't know. It has to be culture. At the end of the day, Dominicans have, when you go into a third world country like that, it's nothing begun as a big city, as a dense city. Yeah. Everything was towns, towns, towns. And that culture of that town vibe created an, a big city, but it's yeah. still stuck. You know, it's talking like, hey, let me go take my neighbor this leftover rice that I cook. Yeah, yeah. Let me go help them like do something or this and that or just take care of the kids. Yeah. In America, nobody would ever leave a kid with a neighbor. It's like, <laughs> like what? not in a city. Not definitely not in a city. Not in a city. In a yeah. big city, never. that wouldn't happen. You know what struck me? I went to Brooklyn last month. We went for like two weeks just to get away because Miami was being like very 
it was crazy here. Yeah. So I went to Brooklyn just to like hang out for a bit. And we stayed in a Dominican neighborhood. Which and area? It was uh, South Williamsburg. Yeah. South Williamsburg, super Dominican. It's cool, right? You're staying right next to a little bodega. Yeah. Right? Like the little corner house. They were blasting music yeah. every day. Tuesday, Wednesday, 1 p.m., midnight, no matter what. It was yeah. space after. <laughs> but with bachata and reggaeton. So you do get that in New York. Um, like in, in in like Dominican areas, Jamaican areas, like in a lot of Hispanic areas, you like in the summer, like people were taking the fire hydrants out and like water's going everywhere, kids in the street, music playing, barbecues on the street and things like that. It's just, you do get communities you get very small communities in certain areas of, of, of New York, which I absolutely love. That shocked me that you said the fire hydrants. I had never seen that because whenever I would go to New York, it was like two, three days in the city, like yeah. deep in the city. You see that being in Brooklyn for two weeks. I was like the first day we we're like, what's up with the fire? <laughs> Why are they just blasting out? I thought they were, Broken. They were broken. No, they do it on purpose. We opened that shit. Yeah. And they're like, car wash time. Yeah. The kids are going to say, the grandma's going to like take down like her hair and lower the heat because yeah. she's like going through heavy menopause and it's like <laughs> 95 degrees in summer. <laughs> Dude, it's a full on activation, these fire hydrants. <laughs> yeah, that's what I miss about New York. Yeah. I'm, I did, New York has this special community vibe like not so much manhattan but brooklyn and queens you have this like community where everyone you you have like there's a lot of money in new york but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that also are struggling and they're just like working hard and hustling to pay that rent and i feel like you for me like i get that feeling like when you when you turn up in, in new york and you're like this is like People are hustling, and I think that brings a community to the city, if that makes sense. It brings a vibe. And But it's crazy because then I felt the sense of community that you speak of when we were there in South Williamsburg. First day, I go walk the dog. We took the dogs and everything. Yeah. Three dogs in an Airbnb. Damn. Three, three humans. It was a mess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I walked the dog and you see in Brooklyn, they have like the little, the little steps right yeah. before the buildings. Yeah. And it was like blast from the early nineties vibe. Yeah. The families are sitting out there. The, all the kids from the neighborhood are playing together. Someone's cranking music in the subwoofer of the backseat of the car. Yeah. I was like, this is it. And like, you felt that everybody was really, really connected with each other. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. You do was, get that. Uh, is is something beautiful that you don't really get in many cities in where i when when i'm back at my place in detroit you get it a little bit there um Ooh, huh? yeah near on on my street there's like a barbershop and uh g from the barbershop he every friday in the, during the summer he like rolls out a barbecue and barbecues and like the whole neighborhood just like comes out and just like chills during the day, um, which is which is like really nice to see. But then obviously winter hits and everyone fucking stays inside and doesn't leave the house. But yeah, it's it's very different. Yeah, it's, so I, your plan. 
Winter. What are your winter plans? Dude, it's, down? it's September. Um, and I really don't know. I really don't know what I'm in this, like, obviously clubs aren't going to be happening. Um, festivals definitely aren't going to be happening. Nothing, man. Nothing. Our, our pri- prime minister is just, uh, reduced gatherings to six people again. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not good. Um, but I think this, I, I'm, I really am missing traveling now. I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I had a nice time having time off. Um, it was like the longest I've been back and the longest I've spent with my family in like six years, which has been like beautiful. It's been so nice to be able to like do that. But now I'm just like, okay, it would be really nice to go traveling but we can't. <laughs> so it's kind of like just hunkering down, writing as much music as possible and just seeing where we need a vaccine, man. We need a vaccine. We need a vaccine. I, I actually just list. Do you know, do, do you know the, uh, the electric, uh, dance group called faithless? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was just, uh, literally reading. They're like my idols from back in the day. I was just, they've just done a, they've just done a, um, what's it called? An interview with the BBC and they were just like, Sister Bliss from it was just saying like how much the dance music industry has literally just been like left to like rot in the corner. Although there's a lot of other industries that have kind of been screwed over, but in the UK, pretty much everything is back open. So everyone's back at school gyms are open, restaurants are open, bars and pubs are open. And then, bar. yeah, but bars are like, you're not you allowed to have a beer at the bar. Say that again. You just walk into a pub and have a beer at the bar. Yeah. Yeah, you can now. Um, but gatherings. So like you're allowed to go to the pub or the bar with like five of your friends, but anything over six, you're not allowed doesn't make sense because That's the less people connected to you going the more randoms are gonna be there and it's still just gonna be that the mess dude it just makes no, like i'll be honest i don't think i think a lot of people are gonna kind of argue with me and it's kind of controversial but i'm not political at all i'm just kind of like it is what it is but in the uk i actually think they've done a pretty good job however now it's just getting to the point where it's they need to help they need to help it's it's the people that are like starting out in the careers in music and like the barmen the bar women the like everybody that works behind the scenes in, in the venues and stuff like that like like you guys are in the same situation where you're just like this can't go on forever like at this moment in time in the UK there was thir- we had 30 deaths yesterday compared to when we were at like 700 a day. Now we're at 30. Like more people were more, more people are dying from like car crashes Mm -hmm. and they're just not, it just doesn't make sense, but maybe they know more than what I know. They definitely know more than what I know. Um, I like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it definitely makes no sense. They just reopened indoor dining here in, in South Florida as well. And it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense for you to be able to be in an 
air-conditioned, circulating, small venue with random people. Yeah. And not, no, and not open clubs. And not open. Yeah, like you can have an outdoor club and have it socially distant. You can do, uh, you can do different pods and not have an actual dance floor, but you can have separate areas for separate groups. Yeah. You can find a way to like they, they, everybody together. They have that's, started that's, doing that. They have started doing that. They're starting to do that. Yeah. Yeah. In the UK, they're starting to do that. Um, that's it, hopefully our goal for this year. Yeah. Hope we were able to do that, but it's not looking too bright for that. Well, if it happens, let me know. I'm just coming to play. I don't even want to get paid. I'm just coming to play. <laughs> I want to see the bubble machine. <laughs> bubbles are going to be super blast. <laughs> it's all the bubbles of summer. <laughs> A gallon lasts like half an hour only. Oh, really? A gallon of liquid soap. If you leave it pressed and you just forget about it and you go do your own thing, you're like, oh, shit. Half an hour went by. No more bubbles. <laughs> Damn, that's wild. That is a lot. That's a lot. A, but yeah, I I don't I'm I'm my plans for for winter is just like staying here really until till I'm told anything different. At least say that again. Right? You're you're in your hometown? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm back home, which is nice. I might have to go to Detroit for like a week just to like I haven't been there for nearly 7 months now. Um your place over there is just yeah so i rent a room out to a couple um techno producer called un uh he's you should check him out he's it's like very hard techno it's U U N. um yeah check him out it's unreal um so he yeah he he lives there which is great to be fair him and his girlfriend live there as well which is is kind of perfect but i literally i literally I had a show in Phoenix. I was playing in Phoenix and then uh, my manager, Ryan, messaged me and was like, dude, Trump's closing the borders down. You better get on a flight to the UK if you want to be in the UK. Um, so I literally left from Phoenix the day after my show. I literally had like two T-shirts in my suitcase. My car was at Detroit airport. Like I just got the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, that would be crazy. So many people have been stuck Yeah, in random places. People were stuck after that festival in the SXM festival. Where was that? The, uh, I always forget the island's name. St. Bart's? Is it uh, St. Bart's? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's St. Bart's, but it's one of those like Eastern Caribbean islands. Yeah. And a lot of people were stuck out there. People from the UK were stuck. People from Miami weren't able, weren't allowed to come back for a month. Uh, the Islanders started like looting, looting places and really? stealing. Yeah, like my friends were out there, they were freaking out. Wild. But every SXM came back COVID positive. So <laughs> like by mid-April, they all had antibodies and everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a soup fest here. It's crazy. It is a wild time. I tell you what, we're never going to be able to forget this. He has antibodies. Everybody's got him already. So, yeah, but we don't know if we don't know if you can catch it again. That's the problem. There, there are cases. Yeah. Of again, but I, we're not going to get into that because we're no experts. 
Yeah, but we like to think we are. We like to, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I have the antibodies for three months. I'm good. Maybe I'll catch it in four months. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing is that people that have the antibodies actually probably still have it and they don't know. That people feel invincible. It's yeah. crazy. That's why they're doing all these illegal parties and going all crazy. I'm like, dude, chill. You have an idea what's going to happen. Yeah. In fact, I'm one keep- of my one of my friends that I know that lives in Miami, she messaged me like two months ago and was like, oh, I've got the antibodies, so I'm just going out partying. And I'm like, that's not, that's not logical. <laughs> it's it's going to slow everything down for everybody else. The illegal party situation is a mess here. Yeah, I bet. On every day. Yeah. People are not even waiting for the weekends. So it's, <laughs> why are you having these like, illegal parties that nobody's taking any precautions and not just allow actual businesses to find a way yeah. to work around the pandemic and protect everybody as they go. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. It's, it's that responsibility. Like we, we, it's like, part of the flies shit, right? <laughs> it is man. It, it really is. Cause it's like, it's just selfish at the end of the day. It's just people thinking about what they want to get out of life and what they want to do today rather than think about the long term as like, oh, if I go to a party and I have it and then I pass it on to somebody else and they live with their gran and then their gran gets it and then their gran dies. Like, that's the bigger picture at the end of the day. It is. It, it's, and a lot of people don't understand that because... In big cities too. That's why you see all these illegal parties in the big cities. Yeah. A lot of people in big cities have recently moved there or have left their families to move there. Yeah. So not thinking about anybody a else no. living door. They're just like, oh, I'm here. I don't know anybody here. Fuck that. Yeah. And it it's sad, but it's it's the truth. It's what's happening. What's your what's your thoughts on the whole live stream thing? For what? On just general, all the live streams that's going on. I just think at some point I was actually watching many of them. And then there's so many live streams going on. It's like, (laughs) we got live streams for like two lifetimes. (laughs) There's There's so many live streams between all the DJs in the world and all the people that are trying to do live streams that we just have like unlimited amount of. (laughs) Recorded music and playing sets forever. It's, it's like porn now. Like the amount of live streams is like porn. Like when you go, it's like 25 page plus, And then you got. <laughs> we should start a website called DJ Hub. And it's just like, just like Pornhub, but all the live sets go on there. Yeah. Just grab all the fucking DJ sets you can find. Yeah. Also, just start by ourselves. We have 24 yoga episodes. Yoga. From yoga, space yoga. So let's talk about that because you guys have always done yoga. Is it what is it on a Sunday morning? Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. 20 p.m. So space yoga, high yoga. Do you do it? <laughs> space yoga? Yeah. I play the music there, bro. Are you the DJ? I'm the DJ, baby. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends get Nicorella. She goes all the time. Um to the space yoga or used to well used to the yeah. space yoga we started exactly when we took on space yeah uh 
It's our way to give back to the community. Uh, so it's a free complimentary yoga, which we, you don't get much of that in Miami. No, man, you don't. 20, 30 bucks a pop. Yeah. So we do complimentary yoga every Saturday. The entire community is welcome. Uh, first come, first serve. So there was a point that we would get like 25 to 50 people first yeah. year. Second year grew to like 100. And then this year, we were actually having to open the loft yeah. and the V. And I would have, while I'm playing music, I would see people come up behind the DJ booth and just <laughs> set up their yoga mats behind me. I'm like, what happened? And they're like, no space available. There's no space at space. I counted the last yoga before shutdown. We had 245 people. Dude, that's amazing. And it's all free. Yep yoga together at space under the trees no bubbles though because then they, then they fall cost too much money <laughs> sorry it's a free class <laughs> but yeah the yogas were beautiful you know like i just look into it's funny because when i look for music for that it's it's like stuff like very soulful yeah it's like five bpms um and I'll play like a lot of I'll play a lot of Latin music, yeah. Like you know, Latin tribal stuff. It gets people going, and then I'll just find like some weird ass like vocals that sends people through meditation at the end. <laughs> you should check it out one day. We have yeah, them all dude, up. I'd love to. I'd love to. Episode since the since mid March. Well, no, we started. We we kept doing the yogas like mid April. Yeah. You know, mid March everything closed. Nobody wanted to even pop their head out no, of the house. Didn't. Yeah. But we've been very careful with that. It's just myself, the instructor, and two people that do the demos. So you can see what's actually going on. Yeah. How, how do people watch that? It's kept, it's kept me sane uh, on YouTube. YouTube. They go to the Club Space official YouTube channel. And we have all our live streams, all our DJ sets there. And we have all the yogas. And we also have this thing called the uh, Intergalactic Booty Camp. What's this? <laughs> It's called Intergalactic Booty Camp. So it's like a... This sounds like, like heaven. <laughs> it's like a, like a workout, like a fitness class every Wednesday. It's a fitness class for your abs, your, your glutes, your legs. So it's 45 minutes of intense, intense workout. That's amazing. Walk the next day. Who? I was so three days the first time i did those things who does and the it, um who does it her name's baby mama fit oh her, i've seen her on your on your instagram in the uk now Pardon? she moved, moved to the uk oh really like a, yeah but we have like 10 episodes of those online That's if you want to get that on bro <laughs> i might video myself doing one you video on youtube yeah. This was my experience with intergalactic booty camp at Spade. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So how how is everybody? How is all Colomo? You guys are good. Everybody's, everyone good. You know, Davi there every day at the office. You know that man doesn't stop. He's yeah. already planning twenty twenty one. Hustling. Really cool stuff coming up. Uh, we're just doing a lot of merchandising as well on the Club Space website. Uh, just to Stay alive, yeah. I guess. Go buy it, people. <laughs> Go buy it. Bringing clothes to keep the lights on, and that's that. basically and just like different ideas. We have uh, 
we started implementing a scholarship. So okay. we want to give other ways of giving back to the community. We're starting a space scholarship. What does that, that entail? It's basically we're going to start like a Go, GoFundMe account. Okay. And our going to put money into it and then spread the word and whoever wants to donate can donate. And the larger this scholarship is, the the more kids are going to be able to go to college. Oh, you know? dope. So, so it's, it's for college to, to, to fund uh, people. Scholarship, but it's for college for whatever they're into. Um, there's going to be an application form online as well. We're going to just come out with that when there's like better timing for it. Yeah. Right now, nobody's like, really like looking to donating to other things it's like everybody's rough right now yeah uh, but it'll happen and we already started it so it's 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 online it's online i'll, I'll send you a link yeah that's it's amazing good. and we're just gonna it all depends on merit and and need merit and need and that's it that's so dope i love I, I really do love what you guys do for the community itself it's it's beautiful man and i think <laughs> The reason why the club is so good is because of that. It kind of just comes out in in everything. It comes out in you guys. It comes out in in the parties. It comes out out in in the people that go to the club. It comes out in people talking about the club and just kind of the general vibe of of it. I, I absolutely love it, man. I love it. Keep it up. We love having you here, bro. It's always fun. We oh, always yeah. have good times out here. Always, man. <laughs> always. Right, dude. Let's uh let's wrap that one up. Um. It's been really good to catch up. It's been fucking ages, and I I can't wait to be back. Um, You're cooking or what? You should be cooking more than ever. Man. I'm cooking loads, man. I'm cooking loads. Yeah, I uh, I actually went away. Um, there's a a hotel called La Canda on the Weir, which is like an hour hour from mine. Um, it's like a super small boutique hotel. Um, the guy that owns it invited me over to like learn how to cook with him he's like he's not Mich- he's not michelin star but it's practically michelin star food it's fucking amazing so i went and spent a week with him learning there and it was just like it was nice to get away from the whole music industry for like a week and just my phone i was too busy like in the kitchen so like you you take no like there's no no like distractions of like coronavirus or anything like that it's just like straight up just cooking um and that's been amazing but yeah man cooking every night cook cooking what is it like a cook battle do it when you i'm down a little show a little cooking show so what i do is we we do a party and then i'll stay the next night and then we can do something the next night full on cooking yeah and we can Sounds good. It'll be the next experience on your show. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on getting asked to do like a cooking show, but everybody, asks, yeah, always, do a cooking show. Why don't you do a vlog? Yeah, I'm like, if I turn it into work, like if I turn like my food thing into work, I feel like I'll like despise it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Chefs go, they cook, and when they get home, all they they just make themselves a sandwich. Yeah, they eat shit. Like, <laughs> They yeah. eat like shit. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy. Ha- I enjoy my eating habits, and I enjoy cooking as a pleasure. If I put like, if I start, if I turn it into a blog, I'm gonna be like, nah. Dude, I agree. I I have like my food Instagram, which I just like post pictures. 
fun. But that's like, that's it. And I think you're, you're 100% right. I have this thing where I, I like to make a business out of everything I do, but it's really, really not healthy because mm-hmm. you turn your whole life into work. And then when you get to doing something, you're like, why am I doing this? Like I have nothing to like relax to. Um, and for me, food is special. And I feel like I never, like when I cook, I feel like it's still not a par for me to like show it off as a venture. You totally, know? totally. Like I'm telling people what to do. Like I'm learning as yeah. I go. You know? I learn yeah. every day something new in the kitchen. But hope maybe one day, you know, would something happens. Would you ever do a restaurant? Would you not? Yeah. Would you ever have a restaurant? I would love to have a restaurant. Yeah. Would yeah. you want to cook in it though? What? Would you want to cook? Wouldn't. No. I'll leave that to the pros. Yeah. Same. Uh, unofficial chef. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm the same. I like I would my, my homies. That's it. Yeah. This I would just want a an amazing restaurant. Yeah, but I would love a restaurant, little bar. What food would you have? That's I for me, I would always go back to my roots roots, yeah. Spanish food, like from Spain. Yeah. My grandmother from there. And I was, when I was raised, we were just raised on amazing tapas and all these crazy mixtures of like the Lebanese part of my family and the Spanish part. Yeah. So I think build those fusions together. Oh, that's a good mixture. You'll notice. Say that again. You go to Dominican Republic, you'll notice. Okay. Street food is like Lebanese and Spanish because it has all these, you know, all these conquers and like, all the Lebanese people that came back in the days and all the Spaniards are there. So you see all this food mixed in with the Latino island flavor and it goes great. It goes amazing. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Yeah, no, I... It'll be some sort of like weird ass views. They're going to be like, this guy's drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Who who did this man here? Dude, no one listens to this anyway. It's just for a bunch of fun. It's just for good fun. Um, yeah, man, I I actually talking about cooking. That there's a there's a restaurant called Dishoom in London, uh-huh. which is a it's like a Indian restaurant, really good Indian restaurant from Bombay, I believe. Um, they've they do a cookbook, and I've just got the ingredient. I've just got the cookbook, and the other day I cooked there. They have like a black dal which is made from vagamungo beans. Um, takes like, it took me four and a half, five hours to make this dal. It's wow. unbelievable. But I thought, isn't the regular dal with like spinach and stuff or no? Dal is usually lentils. Lentils. Yeah. Okay. So it's, dal is like sag dal, which is potato and spinach. Um, yeah. No, that's what I've. That's Bombay potato. Sagalu, oh mate, Sagalu is is potato. Dal is dal is usually um, lentils or some sort of beans like chickpeas or something like that. Damn, but took yeah. you four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Like staring. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So you're like you have to wash the wash the beans and then you have to cook the beans and then you have to cook the spices in with the beans and then like it, you have to cook it for so long that it all is like marinated, yeah, it's marinated. 
It's unreal what? though. That to be fire. I'll send you the recipe. Yeah, please do. I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. Cooking a lot of stuff like that, like heavy brothy things, like yeah. beans, and I'll cook like uh, some like red rice that I found from Thailand. I found it at an Asian market here. Yeah. So I'll just cook that, maybe with like some Chinese eggplants, and I mix it all up together, and I have food for the week. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the best thing, isn't it? Like mass of food yeah. that I kept because <laughs> <my Instagram. laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> yeah i also from from when i went away um i got the the guy the chef was like you have to buy this cookbook and it's called the food consortium at home so what it is i think i think he was uh from yale this like scientist from yale and he um stopped being a scientist and wanted to make a cookbook that's like the science of cookbook um it's unbelievable, but guys, like, yeah, and the recipe, like, on a lot of cookbooks, like, the recipes aren't that tight. Like, it, I always change them. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gone through a recipe that I've left exactly <laughs> where this is like precision. This is precision. This is like everything's done correctly. And they show you, like, I don't know how they've done it, but they've actually, like, they've cut pieces of meat in half, like, so you can see the cooking process and see what it looks like inside. And they've done like, oh, they align it like that. Yeah. It's, it's unreal what they've done, but I'm going to have to pop out my quarter teaspoons. It's like that. It is like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mix it in a beaker. <laughs> yeah. And put it in and get your pipettes and your tweezers out. Um, oh, but yeah, send me that, bro. Yeah. I'll send, awesome. you, I'll send you some links, man. Send you some links. Right, man. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Really good to catch up. Good to hear from you. Yeah, man. Take it easy. Keep safe. Um, See you, Shadow. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, dude. I'll catch you soon. All right. Keep safe. So, that's a wrap. Uh, I'm really sorry about the internet. Um, It's really annoying having to do these Zooms rather than being in person. However, it was good fun. I loved it. I love catching up with that guy. He's, He's one of the nicest guys in the scene. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it and I'll see you very soon. Big love.